Gospel of Luke, chapter number 11. And I'm going to read just four verses there. A verse that many of us are very familiar with, um, but we're going to teach on it this morning and bring some context. And we're going to meet us right where we are. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray. Daddy, we thank you once again that you always feed us that which is good for our souls. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. And Father, we are hungry this morning. We want to be changed from the inside out. God, we want to know what it's like to be able to pray and move mountains. We want to, be what it's, we want to see what it's like, Lord, to, to pray and believe, Lord, and and to see things happen, Lord. And God, you said in your word that you, you ask us to call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. God, there's a people here this morning that need to hear a word from God. Would you please help us and prepare us for this moment? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We're kicking off a brand new series entitled Prayer Works. How I many you know that prayer works? Uh, in, our, in the life of our church, and I had kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, every year around October, not only do we uh, celebrate Pastor Appreciation Month, but in the life of Foundation Church, it is a time where we pray. So every year in, at this time, uh, we take time and we do a series on prayer because also at the conclusion of the month, or at the, the last week of every October, we have our annual consecration week. And what we do there, that is an all church and fast and prayer uh, time. And so we, go, we do it from Monday all the way to Friday. We come to church every night. We believe God. How many of you have come to the consecration week in the past and God has met you and blessed you? Come on, church. Give God praise for that. Let me tell you something. It is absolutely amazing and wonderful what God has done. And so this is a season of prayer. And so when I say that it's a season of prayer, I simply mean that this is a season where things are about to happen. The reason why things are about to happen, because the people of God has dedicated themselves to seeking God. Do you hear me? And so whenever we dedicate ourselves to seeking God, how many know God will show up? One of the things that Jesus said is that my house should be called the house of prayer. Not a house of fame, not a house of, you know, materialism, not a house of anything, but 
prayer. In other words, how many know that fundamentally as a Christian, the number one thing that we ought to be committed to is prayer? Because how many know that we can't do nothing, nothing without prayer? Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Anything of any spiritual significance cannot be accomplished outside of seeking God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so when, when the people of God begin to understand the power of prayer and don't look at prayer as an option, you see? Because what happened to some of us, prayer is an option. And in some circles, there are too many people who, uh, who only pray when things go wrong. You know, when, when the bottom falls out, when you got nowhere else to turn, you come and you, or you start talking to God. Now, I'm not knocking that, but how many know that if you're a real Christian, you praise him and you seek him when it's good and you seek him when it's bad? Yeah. See, people who don't know God, that's what they do. But people of faith, they understand that they need God for everything. So when the bottom falls out, watch this, church, I'm still going to bless him. I'm still going to seek him. I'm still going to call on the name of the Lord. And when things are going really, really well, I'll drive down the road and my BMW and my bills are all paid and my refrigerator full. And I'm going to praise him and give him the glory and say, God, I thank you, Lord, that you met my need. The Bible says from the rising of the sun to when the thing goes down, we ought to praise him. So we understand that this thing of prayer, it is not something that we just casually do. It is the life, like John Piper said, it is the life and the breath of Christians. So I want to take us this morning to help us to understand that, that, that when we talk about prayer, that you get enthusiastic, that you get excited. And that, that, that how many know that there are more people that are more excited about money than they are prayer? Come on, somebody. I don't want to help me this morning. Sometimes we're more excited about material things and what God can give us than seeking God. We want what's on the master's table, but we're not really all that crazy about the master. Now, understand something, that when it comes to this issue of prayer and seeking God, it is an absolute must. But not only that, church. How I many know God wants to help you? He wants to help us. He wants to help us. All kingdom ministry begins with, listen to this, and is sustained by and will triumph through prayer. Everybody say all. Oh. If we're really honest, prayer is not that natural to us. You know, in the, in, in the book of Genesis, we have time to turn there, but you know that before Adam and Eve, before they sinned against God, they had a, a constant communication. They just talked to God, just like we're talking now. I mean, there was no sin. I mean, their relationship with God it was pure, you know, and, and they just, they communicated. They were right in sync with God. All of a sudden, they sinned, they ate their fruit, and then all, all of a sudden, there was this big separation, this big divide. And the Bible says men didn't have to call on the name of the Lord. Why they had to call on the name of the Lord? Because men weren't seeking God no more. It wasn't that God is hiding, it is that we've fallen so far behind. And so as a consequence, prayer is not as natural to us. In fact, if you don't, if you don't discipline yourself to pray, how many of you, let's be honest, that you'll get up in the morning and you'll run around and you'll do everything you can do, and, and, and listen, and you won't even think about praying. Come on, we be honest about it. You, now, you don't mean anything. You don't mean anything by, of course, you love God, right? Of course, you understand that prayer is important. 
But you got to discipline yourself. Like Paul said, you got to beat your flesh. You have to have a time. You need to be committed to prayer. Because if you don't do it, trust me, you won't pray like you should. And here's the problem. When you're not praying like you should, you're doing things based on your own strength, ability, your own way of thinking. And the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. How do you know God is much wiser than you? How do you know God already knows what's going to happen in your day before you know it? And so a lack of prayer calls us to depend on ourselves instead of depending on God. And so what prayer does, like John Piper said, we get into an attitude that we just start listening to me, church, that, that every day that we talk to God. How many know that prayer is not meant to be something that we do for three, four, five minutes in the morning? Come on. Prayer is something that we do on a regular basis. It's, we start the day with God. We walk the day with God. We lay down in a bed with God. We get up with God. How many know that we're always communicating with God? Prayer is not confined with people. I hear people say, well, I'm going to do my devotion. Then they, they get up in the morning, man, and they do that, that devotion, right? Do that five, ten-minute devotion. They read two scriptures, and they go. Ain't thought about God the rest of the day. How many know that's not Christianity, the way God wanted it to be lived? See, how many know that God wants to be intimately acquainted with all of your ways? God got a word for you that'll help you to deal with that boss on the job or that person. They get on your nerve. Anybody got anybody to get on your nerve? I'm the only one. Yes. God has a word. God to give you wisdom. God to give you discernment if we just talk to him. And so you got to discipline yourself. Yes, it's not natural, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a person that's going to, listen to me, I'm going to make it a priority. Everybody say priority. priority. To seek God. Every day. I'm, I'm going to make it a priority to, to talk with God. Because let me tell you something. When you walk in this kind of grace, your life will never be the same. You will see miracles. You will see things happen. Why? Because you're in sync with God. What prayer do more than anything else, listen to me, church, it brings you in sync with God. Because all the forces of darkness is coming against you. How many know everything in this world is trying to keep you up off your knees? Can anybody, anybody listen to me? Come on, you know, how many know that the world is structured in such a way that, 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 that they don't, the world don't want you to seek God? How many know that the devil, the Bible said, Satan is the prince and the power of the air? Understand that. So he is working situations, people, circumstances to do whatever he can to keep you so busy that you don't even have time to think about God. And some of us have gotten so misguided, we even say it every now and then, I, I don't have time. Mm. Well, I, I think that if somebody controls your breathing, you ought to have a little bit of... Mm. I'm just saying, I mean, he controls your breathing. How, how can you not have time? Uh, how can you not have time to pray? How can you not have time to see God? I can't understand any Christian that try to live a Christian life and they don't have a regular prayer life. Let me tell you something. If you got a weak prayer, if you got a weak prayer life, then you're a weak Christian. Some of you didn't like that, but I'm going to bring it. If your prayer life is weak, your faith is weak. The people that I know, listen to me, that I think about it in the Bible, the folks like, like Elijah and, and Paul and David. How I many know? Man, they sought God. And we see powerful things happening through their life. Why? Because they knew that they had to have them. If God didn't help them, they weren't going to make it. 
How many know we, we sung this song this morning? I'm desperate. I'm desperate. Lord, I'm desperate. How many of you are desperate? What is prayer? See, prayer is a privilege and an obligation of the Christian where we communicate with God. Everybody say privilege. It's an honor, church. Listen to me. Think about it. That we get to talk to the God and the creator of the heavens and earth. How do you know that's an honor? It's a privilege that, that you can tell people that my daddy is God. That how do you know that your daddy owns everything? He controls everything. All things are held together by the word of his power. Everything, even the folk who don't know it, how do you know God is pulling strings according to his will? So prayer is a privilege. It is, it is an obligation where we communicate with God. That's all prayer is. It's how we convey our confession, our requests, intercessions, thanksgiving to a holy God. Prayer is communicating. It's simply communicating with God. Prayer is not manipulation of God. Come on, somebody. You know, there's a lot of people trying to manipulate God today. They're trying to manipulate the word of God. Uh, people trying to change what the Bible says. Come on, are you listening to me? Say amen. How many know that prayer is not trying to change God or manipulate God? It's communicating with God to try to understand, God, what are you doing in the earth so that I can join in with you? Hey? It's not manipulation. It's not, listen to me, it's not just words or formula. I'm talking about the Lord's Prayer. We like to so call it the Lord's Prayer, but I like to refer to it as the model, the model prayer. Uh, Jesus never ever gave the model prayer as uh, just so we could just recite words. You know, and now it's okay to recite our Father who John have. It's okay to do that. But how do you know that was a guideline? It wasn't meant that every time we pray, we just say that and that's it. And then we get up and walk and we leave. How do you know that God wants more than anything? Are you listening to me say amen? God wants a relationship with you. God wants to hear your voice every morning. God wants to spend time with you. He don't want you to get up and just chant words. How do you know that prayer is not just words? It is driven by the heart. In fact, Jesus said, the Bible says in Hebrews 5, 5 7, write it down. Jesus prayed with loud tears and cries. How many know that when you got tears and you're crying, it's deeper than words? His heart was in it. And Jesus saw God. He saw him with all of his heart. You remember before he went on down the cross, the Bible said he was crying and he was in such anguish of soul and, and, and heart. I mean, the Bible said he was like he was great drops of blood was falling off of him because his heart was in it. He sought God with all of his heart. Prayer is a lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. Can I ask you a question? Before you came to church today, when was the last time you prayed and talked to God? Don't answer to me. Don't answer out loud. How much talking have you done to God this week? Now, I want you to think about that and then compare that against all the problems that you face this week. And could it be that the reason why those problems are still troubling you are there because you have really not included God in on the conversation? 
Everybody say priority. priority. Matthew chapter, we're going to talk about the priority of prayer for a second. How many know that Jesus prioritized prayer? Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, every time I read the Bible, in particular the Gospels and the book of Acts, and I see some powerful things happening, right? We see people getting healed. We see uh, uh, miracles, people being raised from the dead. We see Jesus feeding 5,000 people <laughs> with two fish and five loaves. We see a woman that was, had an issue of blood hemorrhaging for 12-some years, and then she touched Jesus, and she was made whole. We see the apostles who were once, who were cowards, hiding, afraid. All of a sudden, they pray, and they seek the power of God, and all of a sudden, we see that they're men of renown. They're bold to the degree that many of the apostles gave their life. I mean, no, you can't do that unless you got a strong relationship with Christ. Jesus, the Bible says, in Matthew 14, 23, it says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain, watch this church, by himself to pray. Mark 6, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain. Everybody say mountain. The mountain to pray. Now understand something. I want you to understand something here. We talk about the mountains. How many of you have ever gone to the mountains? How many of you ever have climbed this some mountain hiking and just kind of hung out in the mountains? Let me tell you something. I, something about the mountain that's quiet. It's something about the mountains that is something about the mountains that is quiet, that is peaceful, that, that allows you to, to just to block everything else out. How many know when Jesus prayed? He went alone because he needed to block everything out. Some of you right now, you got some things going on in your life, and you just need to block everything out. So some of us, that means maybe you need to take a trip up to the mountains. Maybe you need to take a ride someplace. Jesus went up to the mountain by himself to pray. He said, look, I, I know there's needs here. There's ministry that need to be done here, but I need to get with God. Jesus knew that he needed the power of God to do the work of God. Are you hearing me? And so the only way to access it is you got to talk to him. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse number 12, now it came to pass in those days, that he went out to the mountain to pray. Listen to this, church. And he continued all night in prayer to God. Can I tell you this? That the intensity of the issue that you're dealing with sometimes demand that you up up your game in prayer. Some of us got demons and stuff that we're dealing with that we need to spend more than five minutes. Come on. There's some things in your life that it's going to take all night to break this. So the Bible says Jesus understood that. He spent a whole night, there were times he spent the whole night in prayer. Now what's amazing about this, if you go on and you read down in Luke chapter number 6, what you will discover is that right after that prayer, Jesus, Jesus then appointed his 12 apostles. All right? After that, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, and he preached a powerful sermon, but it was right after he spent the whole night in prayer. See, a lot of people want the power of God, but they don't want to use the mechanism to which to obtain it. 
Oh, I want God's power. What do you want God's power for? What do you want to do? Now, how many know that the intensity of the issue demands a deeper prayer life? Jesus said in one verse, Jesus says that uh, the disciples, he said, some things don't only come out by fasting and prayer. We talked about that a little while ago, and we said um, that we're going to be um, fasting. Uh, we're going to be fasting. I want somebody to take this. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to be fasting, uh, and we're going to be seeking God. Amen? And I know some of us, you know, we'll be talking a little bit about that in this series, but uh, how many just love to fast? How many love to miss your chicken and your potato salad? And how many just love, when we talk about fasting, how many just get all excited? Oh, God, I can't wait to fast. Of course you don't. But when you get desperate, when you need God to move, you'll turn that plate up. <laughs> when you're dealing with some hangups and some addictions and some issues and some strongholds, you'll do what you got to do. And so in some of those cases, listen, I was thinking about, I thought about the Lord, and I've been praying. Y'all need to still pray. The lady said earlier, pray for your pastor. Because I've been asking the Lord, Lord, do you want to have one of those nights while we're praying all week that we pray all night? Have an all-night prayer meeting. I know some of you right now say, oh, you know, you you. I used to say all night. What's wrong with you? That's a cult. That's how people think. Come on, y'all laughing because y'all know that's how people think. We ain't going to lock the doors. We're going to let you walk out. You be free. If you're a cult, we've locked the doors down. We ain't no cult, hallelujah. But sometimes the intensity of what we're believing God for requires that we seek him more. Listen, you can't be dealing with some of the things you're dealing with and then say, okay, Lord, help me and get up and walk away. You've got to cry out to God. Oh, God, help. Help me, Lord. I'm in trouble. I need you to move. Heaven and earth, I got, I got, got, move, God. I need you right now. How many know that when you get like that, heaven, you get heaven's attention? Because your heart is now engaged. And you're not coming to the prayer meeting, or you're not coming for the, the presence of God and thinking, oh, let me hurry up and get up out of here. I want to hurry up and get this all over with. You have what you're believing for. The way you act, that's what you're going to get. If your goal is, I want to come in, you know, if you come to church on Sunday morning, you say, well, I just want to hurry up and come to service, and so I can hurry up and go back home and watch football, did you have what you believed for? Nothing. It was a waste. But if you come into place with faith, so I'm going to believe God that something good is going to happen in my life. I don't know. I know the pastor said he's preaching on prayer. I got something else going on, but somewhere along there, God is going to meet me. He's going to help me. How many know that's faith? Ah, good God. We just finished talking about faith. I'm tempted to go back there. But the Bible says that we must be earnest. Everybody say earnest. Colossians 4.2 says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. See that word earnest? I did a little work on that word. It, it means to be mentally committed. How many know that when you're really seeking God, you remove all the distractions? Y'all, 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 are you hearing me? How many know it's hard to pray to God when you're trying to drive your car and people cutting you off? <laughs> come on. Because I know some of y'all say, well, I just pray when I go to work. Come on. Come on. Right, look, you're free. You're a child of God. I ain't going to knock it. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When you really want to get serious about it, how many know you need to have all your, you need to be there? You know, you can be there physically and not be there. So earnest, everybody say earnest, is to be mentally committed. Develop a deep, 
and sincere conviction on prayer. It is a serious state of mind, not a haphazard prayer, but strategic. Everybody say strategic. Strategic prayer that's been bathed in a mind that's in touch with God. He says we must also be vigilant. See, that word vigilant means to be watchful and to be alert. Can I ask you a question? Are you looking at the situations of this world, the things that are happening around you? Do you really know what time it is? As a Christian, when I, when I ask the question what time it is, in other words, what, what, is, what, what time is it on God's time clock? God's time. What, what time is it spiritually? There's a lot of people who don't understand that. And, they, they, and I can tell you why, because they get upset and they get mad and they get in the flesh and, and you know, and, and they don't understand where God is at work. See, the greatest challenge for the Christian is, God, where you at? Where you at? Where are you? Because God, I, I need, I mean, I see this is what's going on in our country. I see this is what's happening in the world. God, where are you in that? See, being watchful, being vigilant, vigilant means that I'm saying, God, God, what are you saying about this? God, what are you saying? Why are we having shootings in our schools? Did we not just have one a couple days ago? Why are our babies getting killed? Why are our brothers and sisters, why, God, what are you saying in this time? And many of us are sad to say, even as believers, well, it didn't come to my door. It's not me. So, you know, I mean, know that if you're being watched, Jesus says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Don't just pray, but watch. Be alert. Know what's going on. Why? Because you have the power to change it. Your prayer can change things. Do you hear me? Your prayer can change the scope of a nation. The Bible said, Jesus said this in 2 Chronicles, when my people are called by my name, humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, pray and seek me. He said, I'll heal their land. How many of you believe that word? So if our nation, listen to me, church, if our nation is in shambles, then it's the responsibility of the church to step up and say, God, we're going to intercede right here in the name of Jesus. How many know you have authority as a believer? Prayer is your most powerful and strategic weapon. It's not your pocketbook. It's not your intellect. It is prayer. Because you can access the power of God to change nations. Now, how many know that Jesus, that the, that the nations of the world was affected and changed forever because of 12 men? 12 men. Not just 12 men, 12 praying men who relied on the power of God and they did not sit idly by and just watch the world go into a hay basket. They got up and they engaged a the generation. They said, we're going to walk with the authority of the almighty God. This situation must change. You're the light of the world. Prayer is your weapon. Y'all see with me saying amen. Bible says pray, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. You know, in order to pray without ceasing, you can't relegate, you can't put a time cap on your prayer. In other words, the Christian is every day, every second of a day, 
is relying and we are depending on God. It's like breathing. Every breath you take. Thank you, God. God, what do you want me to do? Lord, I thank you. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. What does everything mean? Well, y'all smart. I'm going to graduate all of you. Hallelujah. You get a degree. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So watch this. God wants us to bring everything to him. Watch this. Your failures, your slip-ups, your hang-ups, your good, your sin habits, your relational issues, your problem, bring it all to God in prayer. Like John Piper was saying. So let's say you had a bad day. Anybody ever had a bad day? (laughs) Am I the only one that ever had a bad day? When spiritually you were off. Anybody just ever been spiritually off? Some of you spiritually off. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, no, maybe not. Some of you might be spiritual off this morning. You can get back on track here, you know. But, but, you know, but, you know, when you're off, you know, that's not a time. You know, when Adam sinned against God, what did Adam do? Did he not hide? Let me tell you something. When you blow it with God, the worst thing you can do is run from him. When you blow it, run to him. Run to him in tears, run to him crying, run to him repenting, but whatever you do, don't run away from him. Have me know because God's love is unconditional toward you. But what happens is the enemy says, oh man, you know, you just did this, man, ain't no way. God ain't going to forgive you for that. You know, man, what you just did, that's horrible. That's a terrible, th- oh my God, what's my, oh, you might as well just give it up, go die. You know, the enemy loved to whisper the spirit. Of, the spirit of suicide is demonic, by the way. Do you hear me? And some of you hear those voices. It's demonic. God so loved the world that he gave. Are you hearing me, church? He so loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave. God, listen, God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save. Everybody say save. So I'm going I'm to get into a habit of bringing everything to God. And yes, God's going to work out of me, the junk that's in me. God's going to change me. How many of you want to be changed? Come on. How many of you, come on, give God a praise clap. How many of you want to be changed? You want God to change. You want God to remake you. I don't know about you, but God, whatever you got to do, fix this broken thing. Fix it, Lord. And you know one of the ways God do it is you cry out to him. Don't run from him. Run to him. People will judge you and turn their back on you every time. But a broken and a contrite heart, God will never despise. Do you hear me? Do you let people trip? But people ain't your God in the first place. They didn't save you, so why are you tripping like you need them to affirm you? All you need is God. If God be for us, oh, y'all preaching better. Come on, you're preaching this morning. You know this word. So if God be for you, you're better than all the world that is against us. James 5.16 says this. I love this verse. It says, confess your trespasses to one another. Mm. Right there. I can, I, can, I can tarry right there for a minute. Confess your sins to one another. Now, how many know this Bible? I'm glad I'm reading because you, know, you can't say pastor. No, he said confess your sins. Not confess your lies. Which is sins too. But 
<laughs> Not confess, you know, stuff that's uh, all good. Just, you know, keep the good stuff. I want to talk about. He said, confess your sin. Some of us ain't getting healed because we're we, we covering our stuff. And we don't want to talk. We keep it quiet. We keep it on the down low. And, and we don't want nobody to know we got problems. We don't want nobody to know we're struggling with this because we want everybody to think that you're all that in a bag of chips. Ain't nobody all that in a bag of chips anyway but Jesus. He's the only one that got it all together. The rest of us, all, we, we, come on, we say help. <laughs> come on, am I, am I preaching this morning? I mean, come on, church. Um, he said, confess your trespasses to one another and pray. Everybody say pray, pray. for one another. Don't be in a rush to get out of here every Sunday. Some of you, listen to me. Some of you are in bondage. Why do you come to church? Can, I never understood this. Why come to church every Sunday and remain the same? Why come to church, go through the routine and say the church ain't do nothing for me? Well, it can't do nothing for you. You hitting the doors. If you're ripping and running, you don't want to talk to nobody. You can't get help. Power and help comes when we confess. Because God likes nakedness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So instead of coming to church and being in a rush to get out of here, maybe stick around, find somebody, and say, can we talk? Can we pray? Let's communicate one with another. Let's, let's talk, because I got some things going on, me, and I need help. And if you're spiritually mature, you won't be judgmental either. How many of you know the people need freedom in the house of God? We talk about who the son says free is free indeed. We need to be free to confess what's going on in my life. Listen, if I got a struggle, I'm not going to Listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to get up on Sunday morning, put on my Sunday best, get all these kids up, cook, do all this hard work to come to church. I'm going to get me some deliverance. Come on. I'm going to get me some. I ain't going to come in here. And just, look, I ain't, listen, I'm not coming to church just to be routine. I ain't coming to church. Listen, I'm seeking God. So listen, if I don't get what I need right here, I'm going to get it from somewhere, but I'm seeking God. But listen, here's the thing you got to do. You got to be willing to open yourself up. Because the Bible says, listen to this church, when you get people praying for one another and we start holding and touching and agreeing, the Bible says, listen, the effectual, the effective, fervent, Prayer of a righteous man availeth not a little bit, not a little bit. He said, a teeny weeny bit. He said, the prayers of a righteous man availeth what? Much. So <laughs> I got to get where that is. Are you hearing me? I got to be in that place. You see, fervent is a, a very hard and intense. A prayer marked by strong feelings. See, the righteous man, the Bible talks about this righteous man. Watch, it's, it's righteousness is those who are in Christ. How many know that, that, that when you're in Christ, you're made right with God? But then righteousness also means that a person whose life reflects the value of the kingdom. Can, can I say this, and, and with all due respect, I don't have everybody pray for me. 
Some people, you just can't, you know, because what? Because what the Bible said, the effective firm prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if I need something to move, I need to find somebody who's walking with God. Some of us, we listen, we're in trouble, and we hang with people who are in trouble, and all y'all in trouble together, nobody being helped. We're all in the ditch. Can't get free. So listen, so listen, if I want to get free, I'm going to hook up with somebody that know how to get God. And listen, and, and, and you can tell it by their lifestyle. Because they walked with God. They walked with God. They believed God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect with that. Listen, because I need, when you really need something to move, find you somebody you know walking with God. Say, look, brother, come on. We need to pray. Come on, sister. We need to pray. Because I know, you know, you know, ever notice that work? If you've been walking right, I want to say if you've been walking right, that the people on the job, when they need somebody to pray, they should be calling your name. Whether you are, no, listen, whether you're ordained minister or not, ain't got nothing to do with it. They know you love God, and they know you walk with God. So when, when trouble comes, they say, hey, brother, you, they might not even like you. You mind praying for us? you pray? Because they know that, that you have access to God. And they know they don't. <laughs> so they don't come to you. Now, if they ain't coming to you, check yourself, like bishops say, before you wreck yourself. Might, might be something wrong. I told them I was going to use that. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Y'all remember that? Some of you was here. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so how many... <laughs> All right. So how, how much time we got? Uh, I haven't even got to the model prayer yet, but all right, can we get five more minutes? All right, your pastoral five is a little bit more than five, but can we, can we get another couple of minutes? All right, all right, and I'm going to try to finish this because I'm going to be cut short this month because we have Pastor Appreciation Month. All right, so uh, Sunday. So listen to this. So going back to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter number 11. So here are the disciples, right? And they are watching Jesus. And no doubt that they're seeing the connection. Every time they turn around, that they're starting to make the connection. They, they're watching and watching Jesus praying. So here's what they're seeing. They're seeing demons cast out, prayer. Feeding 5,000, prayer. Powerful teaching, prayer. Raising the little girl from the dead, prayer. So they see this pattern developing here. And so they're watching Jesus pray. And one of them jump up and say, Lord, teach us, teach us. I, I want that. How many of you want that? The disciples said, they, they watched it. They said, Lord, teach us to pray because I'm, I'm seeing that your level of effectiveness is tied directly to your prayer life. Can I say this? Your level of effectiveness as a Christian is going to be tied to your prayer life. And the more you want God to move, the more you got to seek him. So the disciples, how many know that consequently, the disciples after that, they develop a very strong ministry of prayer. You read the book of Acts. Boy, they prayed all the time, did they? Every time we turn around, they were praying. How did they get bold? Because you know before, they were scared. They were fearful. They were doubting. But all of a sudden, now, they're excited. They're believing God. And good things are happening because they are committed to the ministry of prayer. You know what? I'm going to have to stop there because I got a lot more to cover and I don't want to, 
I don't want to, I, I, I need to take some time. But let me just say this. As we um, wind this message down this morning, understand that prayer is not just the access to God. It is your victory. It's your victory. And you ought to make it your priority. Let's say that I don't know what your prayer life looks like. I don't know what you do during the week. But make it your priority to talk to God a whole lot more than even what you're, t- uh, than what you're talking to him now. Just begin to say, say, Lord, Lord, I'm going to make a commitment. Somebody just needs to make a commitment. Lord, I'm going to talk to you a whole lot more. God, 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 I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm I'm include you in my life. How many know that by praying to God and talking to God, that'll keep you out of some trouble too? How many know that most of the time we get in trouble, think about this, how much praying are we doing? <laughs> I see some of you going like, none. You see what I'm saying? But the more you pray, the more likely you are to fall into the will of God. So if you want to live right, pray a lot. Pray a lot. Wherever you are, and God will help you. Every head is bowed, every eye.